0: 100 years ago this month, Henry Ford started building his first assembly line for cars.
1: And at that very moment, as the workmen began to fasten the parts onto the slowly moving car, the assembly line was born. A technique that was to revolutionize mass production all over the world. Instead
0: of building cars one by one, which took about 12 hours, he automated the process so that each car took just a half hour to build.
1: Once they found that the idea would work, they began to improve it refine it. They rolled a chassis down a single line of track, pushing it from crew to crew. And the more expert they became at this new method, the faster the cars came off the assembly line, and the price of the Model T began to drop.
2: If you think about 10 years ago, essentially the speed in, in processing DNA samples and the the volume of the number of samples and the efficiency, I think, has is, is jumped over a hundredfold to where we are today. So we can actually process. Uh, Not only more samples, but uh, about 100 times more um, molecular markers on those samples.
0: Dr. Mike Thompson is a molecular geneticist who heads up Erie's Genotyping Services Lab, or GSL, a lab which finds itself on the leading edge of one of the fastest-growing disciplines in science.
2: What we do in this lab is taking DNA samples from our partners around the world and running markers that can predict traits of interest. And so if they're trying to breed for stress tolerance, then we can just genotype them for markers that will predict tolerant plants or resistant plants. And then that gives them essentially the answer they need much faster than if they grew them out and actually phenotype them in the field. Let's say
0: you're a customer, maybe a breeder. So how does it work? You can simply send in a rice leaf from the plant that you are interested in learning more about the DNA is extracted from the leaf. Then a SNP, or DNA marker, can be uniquely amplified at a specific gene to mark that portion of the DNA which controls for the trait you are most interested in. Ultimately, the lab sends you a report showing what traits are most likely present in your sample by tracking the DNA segments that were inherited from the parents of the plant. It is, in essence, a DNA fingerprint that provides a bridge between what the geneticist works with, the genotype, and what the breeder sees in the field, the phenotype.
2: My name is Maria imber Revecce. I manage the genotyping services lab. We call them PCR machines, the polymerase chain reaction, but these are the ones that actually help us amplify our DNA. You get that many copies of that specific DNA that you want. Yeah, so these are our workhorses act. We call them workhorses because everybody uses them. <laughs> I mean, volume is quite important to us because that's what helps bring the cost down. So the more, actually, the more samples we have, the cheaper it is per, per sample to genotype. But then we have to ensure that we do have a rapid turnaround time. So the speed is also quite important for us, just because the customers often, if they're in a breeding program, they need that data very quickly. And efficiency, I think, is a lot of it initially was just training the personnel and making sure that everything works smoothly. So as far as, I mean, we deal with very sophisticated equipment, so making sure that, you know, everything runs smoothly and that the people, you know, who work with that equipment are are well trained. And I think right now we've gotten, we also optimize the protocol, so we've gotten the process down quite well. For us in the gene bank, it also provides a degree of quality control that we never had before before.
0: Dr. Rory Sackville-Hamilton, head of Erie's Gene Bank,
2: We, we are con- conserving 120,000 varieties of rice. How do we make sure that each variety is actually the variety we think it is? And we can use genotyping to ensure that we, we don't lose identity of what we're conserving. And, and the same applies to the breeding and to anyone. It, this gives a quality control, a way of ensuring that what we're growing is really what we're thinking we're growing.
0: In reality, most genotyping labs are medical. And if they are in agriculture, they rarely specialize on a single plant species, as the Erie Lab does with rice. Besides specializing on rice, the Erie GSL Laboratory has two other goals. One, to eventually operate at full cost recovery and funnel any excess funds back into the program. And two, collaborate across international boundaries.
2: We collaborate really on two fronts. I mean, one is with other advanced institutes around the world. So those are really cutting-edge universities. For instance, one is Cornell University. Essentially what they do is they provide, for instance, designing the SNP chips um, techniques. And so what we do is we were able to bring those those advanced techniques to Erie, to the Philippines, and then uh, apply them to help, essentially, our, our other set of collaborators, which are our partners in the national
1: RICE um, research programs. So I think the future of GSL, is depending on whether we can keep our pricing competitive.
0: Dr. Hei Lung is a principal scientist at Erie who specializes in the genetic diversity of rice. He helped pioneer some of the early programs at Erie that would become the GSL. So, so I
1: think it remains to be seen uh, how well we use it, and I think if you do it well, you know, your reputation will grow and people will come to you. So it's all dep- depending on the performance. So we're just beginning. That's a service concept. But then I think it's a good thing that we try. And uh, now who knows, maybe in the future, anyone can have a table uh, desktop to do sequencing. I can't predict that. But for now, it's a good investment. And what Henry Ford had foreseen happened. Mass production and the assembly line drove the price of the Model T down from $850 to $300. Now everybody could have one.
0: For Erie Radio, I'm Michael Joyce.